This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Clock Dodgers. What up? Listen, I know some of you are out of the fantasy playoffs right now, or maybe you got knocked out in a couple of your leagues, but it's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you lost you, little baby. It's okay. Listen, <laughs> I got no halftime for you, a daily fantasy sports app that sponsors the Clock Dodgers podcast. Yes, they sponsor our family. So let's support them. What you do is you go to nohalftime.com, you go to your iTunes store, you go to your Android store, and you download the daily fantasy sports app that allows you to play player versus player challenges in football, basketball, baseball, tennis. They keep introducing new stuff, new features. It's, it's really amazing. All you do is you go on there and you download it. You use the promo code CLOCK100 when you sign up because it's the holiday season, because I love you guys. When you do that, they'll actually match up to $100 of your first deposit, up to $100. Free money, just sign up using the promo code CLOCK100. As always, guys, it's a daily fantasy sports app. They've been sponsoring the podcast since day one. All I ask as a family is we support each other. So please support the sponsor. That's crazy, right? Support the sponsor that sponsors the podcast and supports us. Ah, you get the point. Damn well, no halftime clock buzzers. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Fantasy football playoffs are here. Clock Dodgers podcast is here. I am Neil. He is Adam. We are here. Man, Thursday Night Football, Adam. Westworld finale. So much good stuff to talk about. How has your week been, my man? Oh, God, man. Fantastic week. I love that you start off just bringing up the Westworld finale. That uh, God, that thing was just cinematic masterpiece it was it was amazing but uh but we'll start with thursday night football it just wrapped up we're recording a little later tonight and uh your raiders man i'm sorry with uh with a banged up Derek carr against a really tough kc defense they just they couldn't get it done tonight man how you feeling ah man you know i'm dealing with it all right you know i mean obviously it sucks because it gives them first place it puts us in the wild card spot and the whole afc west is muddled up but i feel good you know, with the fact that Derek Carr was hurt, our Pro Bowl guard was out, you know, little things like that make me feel like, okay, if things were, you know, if guys were healthy, everything was 100%, the game would have ended up a little bit different. Because even with all that, I mean, the Chiefs, like, it's not like they won by some crazy, clear, you know, consensus victory, like that it was like they blew us out of the water or something. So um, I don't feel terrible about it, at least. Um, I know people will say that's Homer-ish of me, that's whatever, but I'm just, you know, I'm being realistic with myself. I really don't, I'm not really that down about it. 
Okay, man. So I got I got a tough question for you now. So with the Raiders now falling into the wild card situation, um, I mean, there's a few teams there that are they're vying for wild card spots with them. At the end of the week, uh, at the end of the season here, we've got Indy and Denver coming up for the for the Raiders uh, in two of the next three weeks. Do you see any scenario possible? And I know this is a tough question for you as the homer, but but to take off, you know <laughs> how how you feel as a big fan and to kind of just put on your analyst cap for a second. Could you see Oakland, you know, throwing this away and, and losing three of the last four here and, and missing the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it's certainly possible. You know what I mean? You just mentioned the teams were playing. They're not bad teams. They're good teams. Um, and I mean, even if they weren't, you know, top teams or anything, we know, obviously, you know, the saying any given Sunday, anybody could beat you. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, for sure, they could throw it away. Obviously, it's a, a rare circumstance because it's not typical that, you know, you got the Broncos, Chiefs and Raiders kind of records that they have um, in a division. So normally it's not, you know, a situation you'll see. But obviously, you know, there's a there's a good chance any of those three teams could be out of the Chiefs, Broncos or Raiders because the records are all pretty much alike or similar, or like a game apart or whatever the case may be. So really any of those three could be knocked out and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'd love to see all three because it'd be super interesting. Um, but yeah, man, if something happened where the Raiders were knocked out, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I mean, lo- looking at the standings, I mean, it looks quite difficult. I mean, even if the even if the Raiders, you know, were to lose out, they're they're still sitting there with ten wins. So uh, it looks like as far as the wild card race is going to go, it, it's pretty much going to be two teams out of the AFC West. It's going to be tough for either the uh the Dolphins or the Steelers to uh to catch up there but but yeah I mean it, it definitely is cause for concern if you're uh, if you're a Raiders fan just watching how much Derek Carr struggled with that pinky injury and hopefully it doesn't linger into the playoffs here yeah yeah I, I hope not I mean that's that's the big thing is that pinky is obviously affecting him like you can say whatever you want about the game about the Chiefs uh, you know obviously Chiefs fans are you know, nagging me, saying we haven't beaten them in so long, and we've, you know, always looked bad against them in the last however many games, but, I mean, realistically speaking, obviously, you know, Carr's hurt, and it obviously affected him. It's pretty clear it affected him last week, too, but, you know, they pulled that victory out, you know, against a lesser team, um, but, man, you know, the, the wide receivers weren't helping him. They were dropping balls, too, and not making plays, but um, I think, you know, if he was healthy, it would definitely be a difference maker, and you just got to hope now that, you know, the Raiders didn't like peak too soon. You know what I mean? Being a young team, yeah. being this, you know, up and coming. It's not like they're an established team that was already good that everyone knew about. Like they've they've done more than I think anybody expected, even than more than Raider fans even expected, to be honest. So you gotta hope they didn't peak in some way and that they didn't, you know, lose this confidence and this, you know, where they were you know, where they were rolling at. Um, that's kind of my concern. But you know, to be honest, you know, as stupid as it sounds, like I'm already happy with what, I, you know, what I've seen this year because I didn't expect this. Um, so to just know that we're going to be building off of this, you know, for future seasons is, is great for me. But I would, of course, love for, you know, a playoff run and all kinds of stuff. So so we'll see. But, you know, even for me, it's weird. I don't know if it's from all the years of the Raiders being bad and not having, you know, all these crappy ass quarterbacks, Jamarcus Russell, Kerry Collins, you know, I mean, Rich Gannon, you know, I was a decent quarterback for that Super Bowl run, but after that, it was like crap. And, um, you know, when I see stuff like, you know, Derek Carr, possible MVP and like all this stuff, and I'm like, is this real? Like, I, I don't even feel like he's worthy of the MVP. And I'm a Raider fan, and I don't think it's because I just don't, it's not that I think he doesn't really deserve it. It's just that I'm not used to hearing stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, 
when guys on my team do have a good season, I don't think about like they're that that good, you know? Definitely. It's weird, but let's not keep talking about a bunch of losers because they lost this week. So, oh. oh, man, you know, I'm a little angry, but got to get past it, man. Chiefs look good. They lost De- Derek Johnson, which could be out for the year, and that sucks because he's a good player, and it would suck if they do go on a big run here that he's not a part of it, but... It is what it is, man. Him, Jamal Charles, they've had some injuries themselves, you know? So For sure. And we'll see. Um, I, I had some interesting topics um, that I wanted to talk with you about this week. I mean, the show's always interesting, but some things that are really different that I just wanted to, you know, talk to you about. Um, I'm sure you've seen um, some of the running backs in the, in, in, the, uh, in college football declaring for the NFL draft. Um, McCaffrey, uh, uh, Fournette. And so I was just thinking, like, you know, Elliot's having this crazy good season. He's a rookie. I know he's in a special situation, you know, behind that O-line and stuff. But he was a rookie running back, and he got drafted in the top five, some, in some leagues, number one, in, in a lot of fantasy leagues this year. With guys, we, we know those two guys are super talented, right? I mean, for, well, at least from college standards and everything we've seen, we, we think they're super talented. Um, and we hope that it can, you know, carry over into the NFL. But how much do you think Elliot's situation helped those guys when it comes to fantasy, like this upcoming season. I, I again, I know it's going to come down to situational, you know, what team they land on and how good that offense is and how good that O line is. But just in general, how much do you think Elliot has helped rookie running backs fantasy wise, you know, for future drafts? I mean, I don't really know if Elliot could do anything that's making anyone else's situation different. At the end of the day, Elliot is an individual. He had an individual situation that was basically walking into the best case scenario that any rookie could walk into. That being said, I mean, he's done amazing things with it, and he's not the only one. I mean, we're seeing uh, kind of a bit of a running back renaissance, if you will. We have David Johnson really showing up strong, and ultimately, I think with the incoming class it might be a situation where people see what Elliot did they see what David Johnson did this year and they think that you know these young running backs are kind of the the cream of the crop now and we're kind of in this running back renaissance of sorts and I could see them getting drafted higher in, in dynasty rookie drafts next year than than normal um but I think that like you kind of touched on it's gonna have to do a ton with where these guys end up from a uh, from a NFL perspective, where they get drafted to, and and really to see what type of offenses they get put in before we can really get into the talk of of how they're going to affect for fantasy. Yeah, and I just brought it up because you know I I don't know if you felt it, but you know over the last few years at least, um, a lot of people felt like running backs are like replace replaceable. You know, like they're a dime a dozen. Um, there's a whole bunch of them out there when they become free agents is like, eh, whatever, you know, there's so many of them out there. You don't get crazy about them. Um, and I'm just talking about NFL, not even fantasy, which is NFL in general. Like people don't get crazy about running backs because you feel like there's so many that come along. Um, but you know, again, I guess it's hard with Elliot because of the situation that he's in, but I just feel like maybe he's making people think, you know, it's, it's a cool thing to do to draft a running back early again. And maybe they'll, you know, get some more, you know, maybe people will give run, rookie running backs a chance more. It's just, it just seems like, you know, people, they fell out of flavor, I guess, you know, with NFL teams or in fantasy, like you just didn't trust them. You're like, eh, whatever. But I just like, maybe Elliot, uh, will put the spotlight on these guys a little more. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking here, but I, I it's hard to like see those names now and they'll get drafted hopefully in some good places and try to like, you know, think I can't ignore them now. You know what I mean? 
I mean, to to some extent, like, can you think of any situations right now in the NFL, though, that are set up prime for, you know, they currently do not have a good running back. They're going to be looking at one in the draft, and they have a solid offensive line, a, a good offense built around them. Like, can you think of any teams right now that, that set up well for incoming rookies? I don't know. Packers? What do you think? Okay. No, that's a good example. I mean, the Packers definitely could be a good example. So, I mean, you know, like we kind of touched on, the Elliott situation was very unique in the sense that Dallas had this elite offensive line. It was, you know, what their offensive line has been able to do this season is really unprecedented. And to have any expectation that something similar to that is going to happen next year, I think it's just wistful thinking. I mean, with regards to the incoming class, there is talent there. I mean, Leonard Fournette has shown that, that he's going to be an amazing NFL prospect. And, and I think that, uh, depending on where he lands, he could go really high in, in, uh, dynasty rookie drafts next year. But ultimately I think that, you know, it is, it is really going to come down to landing spot and, and, We've still got a long way to go before we know enough yeah. information. Yeah, for sure. I just thought it was interesting just because they're declaring for the draft. Um, kind of staying along the running back line a little bit here. So, all right, well, not totally running back, just just in general. But, all right, so Trump is our president-elect, right? And he had zero experience at the job. Jeff Fisher just got a new contract with the Rams. And I don't think anybody would disagree with the fact that he's sucked at the job so far. Um, at least from a win-loss standpoint, um, whether, you know, I, I can't speak for the guy as, as a, you know, as an employee or an employer, but just from a wins-loss standpoint, um, fans are not happy. Ram fans aren't happy. We've seen Hall of Famers like Eric Dickerson not happy, but he gets a contract extension, and I gotta imagine that that bums Rams fans out. It bums girly owners out like if you're in a dynasty or a keeper you know league it bums you know people out for next year drafting girly i mean just again i can't help but look ahead because i know we're towards the end of the season but i'm I'm always thinking about next season for some reason or you know like you said when you draft you're thinking about the playoffs already like i can't help but think ahead and how much does something like jeff fisher being re-signed affect someone like Gurley to you do you do you think it hurts him do you think people even think about it or do you think it's not as big of a deal as he will you know may play it up to be no it's a huge deal i mean i i really have no idea what los angeles is thinking i mean really having jeff fisher as your head coach is just saying like if we go 500 we did good <laughs> and that's <laughs> It's really, you know, that's a that's a tough ceiling to put on a franchise, especially a franchise that just moved to a new city and is trying to gain new fans. And uh, ultimately, I just, oh my god, I I don't know what they're thinking. And what what, what would you rather be right now, a Browns fan or a Rams fan? Ugh. Um, actually, I guess, I guess I might rather be a Browns fan because <laughs> they're. I mean, because the Browns, you know, if they have a quarterback next year, which they're, I, I'd be shocked if they don't draft a quarterback. Um, if, you know, if they're able to get a quarterback in there, they have building blocks there. I mean, it's not to say that, you know, the Rams aren't in a very similar situation, but I don't know. I, uh, God, I just, I don't see much yeah. in the way of, like, future success for that franchise for sure man i'd rather be a i'd rather be a browns you know fan too like 
if you look at the team, yeah, they haven't won a game. And it sounds crazy to say we're choosing a team who hasn't won a game yet and a team that's been miserable for years. But like you said, they have talent. They're, they're a quarterback and maybe some defensive players and stuff like that away from being, you know, at least a decent team. And the, the one thing is you haven't seen them give up on the team. You haven't seen them start firing people, trading people, trading things. Um you know, for me, you know, when the Rams re-sign a guy like Jeff Fisher or give him a contract extension, whatever, it's like, yeah, sign us up for more of this shit. I mean, that's what it seems like. Like, yeah, we've suck. Sign us up for more of this. That's what I feel like. Like, I don't feel like it helps in any way. Like, I feel like it's been too long. Like, I understand, you know, not finding a coach after two years or whatever, or, you know, sometimes three years, whatever. But he's like, give him an extension after what they've done so far. It just makes me sad about Todd Gurley, man. Like, I didn't touch him in any drafts this year because I just didn't get him in the spot where I felt comfortable. And now I'm like, you know, with this happening, like, where am I going to pick him later in the draft if he falls a little bit? I mean, I don't even know now, you know? Like, I am i don't know, man. I can't help but think ahead, and it just annoys me, you know, that Jeff Fisher got this extension. And, ah, man, I don't know. I just yeah, Gur- Gurley will be one of those players that I think goes overdrafted next year in a lot of drafts just based on name value. I mean... He's kind of beat people up real bad this year, but he's still got that marquee name, and I think people are going to really have a hard time passing him up when he gets in the, like, the second and third rounds of drafts. And yeah. God, if, if Jeff Fisher is, is still going to be the guy making the decisions in that offense, I just I can't see anybody being you know of any relevance on that franchise. That being said, I mean, you know, Kenny Britt has kind of, had some fantasy relevance this year. If if we're like trying to pull names out of a hat, Tavon Austin has had some fantasy relevance. So it's not an entire wasteland, but it's definitely not promising. It's led by a piece of waste. That's what his problem is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can't help it, man. But you know, think they do. They do say things come in threes. You know, there's something about the number three trifecta. I mean, like I said, I mentioned President. You know, Trump. As crazy as that sounds, President Trump, Jeff Fisher, new contract. What do you think about Neil, quarterback of the Browns? <laughs> no experience. Never played quarterback in my life. But these guys got a shot. So like, hey, why not just take a shot at me, right? I mean, things come in threes, man. It just makes sense. I don't know. We'll see. I think I'd rather do this thing, this podcast, and that job right now. I think we're recording too late tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm losing it. I did have a a, a, um, a question sent in by somebody um, at Paul Ryan 15 on the Fantasy Life app, which I thought was interesting. It, it kind of blends the NFL, which we've been talking about, and fantasy, which we've been talking about. And his question was, would you rather win win two fantasy championships in the next five years, whatever league you want, the biggest league, whatever, it doesn't matter, um, in your favorite league, or... If that happens, if you're guaranteed that your favorite NFL team cannot even make it to the playoffs for the next 10 years, or vice versa, your NFL team wins two Super Bowls in the next five years, but you won't make it into the fancy playoffs in your favorite league for the next 10 years. Wow, that's complicated. Um, I don't know. We had a similar question earlier in the year, and I, I will always take the option that has me making some money. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the fantasy leagues because like the biggest fantasy leagues that I play in are, are typically like the National Fantasy Football Championship and stuff. So if I have an opportunity to win one of those, I would definitely take the uh, you know hundred thousand dollar grand prize. Yeah, over, see, I was uh, gonna say the Raiders. My favorite team winning. But when you say that, like you know, yeah, right. When you think about millions of dollars, you kind of change it on me because I'm like, all right, well, I'm not in no $100,000 league or million-dollar league. 
But when you exactly. bring that I mean, into it, if we're talking about like my normal home league, like yeah, whoop de do. I I don't know. I guess I'm also so used to the Bears losing that it's tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> You've almost been okay with it at this point. You're like, you know what? It's just it's just a part of life. You just got to find other things to pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. It's always an interesting question. It always comes up in some way, you know, shape or form, but. I don't know, man. I guess I'm so desperate for a Raiders win. That's where I, I, I lean. But again, like you said, you're in some high money league. So I might, you know, if I was in that situation, go with you. Um, so I, what I want to do, man, is I want to just jump into am I crazy if. I have some different ones this week. I keep hearing certain guys' names. And so I just want to, you know, throw some at you and see what you think. So am I crazy if I start Justin Forsett over Booker this week? Yes. Next. <laughs> Just, Dude, Booker's you? been so bad and listen I, I, I gotta mention Capri Bibbs was about to break out last week oh was he he was about <laughs> to break out he had some big runs two or three back to back and then he gets hurt he was about to break out man go back watch the film look at the stats Capri Bibbs was about to do everything I told him about I'm telling yeah. you man he was about to make All me look the- great he was about to make me look like a genius all the people need to hear about Booker is that over the last three games, he's averaged 21 carries a game. That's all that I need to know going into next week. Forsett's going to get like five carries, similar to Bibbs. Booker's going to be the guy to own there. And, I mean, can you be super confident about it? I, I wouldn't, you know, get super excited, but it's a good matchup against Tennessee. They're not strong against the run, bottom 10 rush defense. So there are there are positives in the direction of Booker, but really, I mean, if, if the question is, you know, Booker or Forsett, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> and, and and you feel that same way the rest of season too, right? Like, you don't feel like somehow Forsett's going to steal this job or something at some point. I don't expect out. it, but I mean, crazier things can happen. Like, we, we have seen Booker underperform, so it's not like an impossible thing to occur, it's but not I just likely. don't see it happening based on how the carry distribution has gone there. I don't see them starting to, you know, give Forsett half the carries when right. they've basically been showing that they, they want to give about 80% of the carries to Booker. Gotcha. All right, the next one you'll probably say is crazy too, but am I crazy if I start RG3 in the fantasy playoffs? I mean, guys have been starting Mariota I, I, and Kaepernick <laughs> and all these guys. How well, do, Don't you dare disrespect RG3 right now, Adam. I'm starting RG3 in the fantasy playoffs. Oh, God. So you're crazy, bro. Um, so that you answered it ourselves. We already well, know you're crazy, right. so that's fine. Everything is format dependent. And, and I've, I've talked about this league briefly on a few different other podcasts, but I do have a dynasty league that allows you to start up to three quarterbacks. It's a really crazy format that gives you know points for things like carries and first downs. And there's a lot of aspects to the scoring, but... Ultimately, the way I drafted in that league, I, I was left with, you know, starting Sam Bradford and Sam Bradford only last week, but still somehow I posted the most points of anyone in the league. So it, it's an interesting format in that regard. But now that I have RG3 healthy again, I've pretty much got to roll them out there because quarterbacks just have such a high floor in that sort of format. And ultimately, if you're really, really desperate in like a two quarterback league, I could see making a start for RG three, but like you have to be super desperate and and basically have like 
options like Blake Bortles or Sam Bradford or Jared Goff that you're you know starting yeah. over. There's not really too many guys that I can think of that I would be willing to start him over. Maybe a Ryan Tannehill against you know Arizona, which is a really tough matchup. Maybe you know a Paxton Lynch, even though. I don't know. That's a really cushy matchup for Denver against Tennessee, though. So, yeah, there's not there's not a lot of guys that I would start RG3 over. But, again, if you're in two-quarterback or crazy three-quarterback leagues like I'm in, he might have to, you know, do something for yeah, you. Yeah, it, it doesn't help that he's playing, you know, Cincinnati and there's crappy weather and, and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't help the case. Um, oh, yeah. But he's definitely, like, a pretty much a total boom-bust kind of guy. Either he's going to do nothing for you or he's going to do something for you. You'd be happy with whatever you get. Um but, I mean, who knows? You never know. Like you said, man, crazier things have happened. So, good luck to you if you got to start them like Adam does. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you're not in a crazy... Hopefully, if you're not in a crazy league like Adam, you don't have to start him. But, man, you know how good you'll feel if you do start him? Like, you say you don't need to. Like, you're not in a situation like you are, but you just do it, and it, like, pays off. You're like, come on, man. Like, I've seen this coming a mile away. I'd play it <laughs> off. I'd be like, come on, man. This was obvious. This was going to happen. But... Yeah, man, it's an interesting one. So to anyone who is playing them, good luck. Good luck to you, Adam. We'll see how that works. The next one, am I crazy if I think TV shows are better than movies and it's not even close in 2016? Oh, not crazy at all. It's not even close. All right, we touched on Westworld. Uh, If anyone out there still has not heeded our advice and gone and started watching Westworld, if you are still one of these people that are like oh yeah i'll get around to it make it happen uh neil i just i will ask you because i think that uh you have this high bar that was set by your opinion of game of thrones (laughs) so i'm super curious to know after watching the first season of westworld where it stocks up for you but personally for me i don't know if i've seen a better single contained season of any television show. Wow. I, I, it, it was such a phenomenal ending for me that it just kind of, uh, it, it brought everything to this place of, you know, just just brilliance, in my opinion. So uh, I don't know if you have as high of praises, but uh, but yeah, man, what did you think, uh, without spoiling anything for anybody out there, but uh, but just kind of promoting what we think is an awesome show? Yeah. No, man, I loved it. I loved the whole season. I know a lot of people have been, like, super critical on it. Me and you have kind of talked about that. People have been, like, I don't know, you know, like like we've said, people just are looking for something to, you know, be judgmental about or whatever it seems like. But um, for, for me, and, you know, me and you have talked about it also without spoiling anything. There were things that people, like, felt like they knew beforehand before it was ever said on the show. And, you know, dumb people like me didn't. I just watch it and, like, for some reason didn't pick up on certain things, I guess. But, um you know, even with the reveals, I feel like they still do it, like, special, though, man. Like, even if you knew it was coming, like, I feel like they still deliver it well. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I just think that they shoot the show really well. The actors are great. Um, the storyline is great. And just the way they deliver the message or deliver the reveal or, you know, whatever you didn't see coming or did see coming, I feel like they do it so well that it doesn't matter, you know, whether you've seen it coming or not. Um, but the episode was great, man. And, and, and the good thing I love about this show is... A lot of shows will either leave you on a cliffhanger and make you wait a whole year to see it, you know, a couple, six months, a year, whatever, to like just see what happened on the episode um, or, you know, stuff like that. But with this show, 
it gave you everything. Like, he gave you all the answers yeah. that you had all season long. And now you're basically like, well, now, you know, what are they going to do with season two, basically? You know, I mean, it's not like, oh, I don't know the answer to what happened in this one. Now I got to wait for the net for the answer. Like, you got all the answers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's a show that uh, has already been picked up for multiple seasons. It is moving on. But uh, I don't know if you feel this way. But I honestly, if it ended right now, I would be totally satisfied. Yeah, like, hey, that was a great long movie. Yeah, they completely wrapped everything up and, and did an amazing job of that. But while, you know, it is moving on, they did also leave these pieces that it's going to grow off of. And uh, it's going to be really, really exciting to see where they go because there's not really that that feeling that you get when a lot of other shows end. And, and like you said, they do that cliffhanger, which has almost become kind of like a overused, you know, tradition, if you will, in these big serialized TV shows that they'll give you that big cliffhanger that gets people talking all the way to the next season. Well, this kind of did the opposite. It wrapped all the mysteries up that it sort of created in that first season while still giving you pieces to draw from that make it really exciting to kind of explore where it might go next season without having really any clue. Exactly. Which it does actually lead me to another I am am I crazy if am I crazy if I think that Westworld waiting until 2018 to release season two is a bad move. Oh man no that drives not- me nuts. It, yeah, it drives me a little nuts, too. Now, with that in mind, like, we're almost at 2017, so really, I mean, there is that off chance that, like, it's really early 2018, or maybe it's even really late 2017, and we don't have to wait, like, a full year. Um, but yeah, it is, it's definitely disappointing. Um, hopefully, it, it's for good reason. Um, but to my knowledge, they haven't even started filming the second season yet. So. I hope they haven't even finished writing it, I don't think. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> then, then you can't really start. So, yeah, I mean, we'll uh, we'll see. Ultimately, you know, that's kind of one of the biggest reasons that I was happiest about the ending is because we have such a long wait. I'm really glad they were able to wrap everything up. Yeah. So, man, I mean, with us saying all this, if like I said, if you haven't seen it and you have some free time and you like to binge watch, I mean, I wouldn't even like to binge watch this show. I just feel like I liked sitting on it, but binge watch is better than not watching it. So, you know, if you if you have if you have some free time, man, you're watching some cooking show or you're watching some reality show. I mean, dude, just give this show a chance. Just give it a chance. Be open minded to it. Don't watch it with distractions going on around you and your kids screaming and this and that. Like, literally, sit down and give the show a chance. If you you know you have some free time, I think it's worth it. Adam thinks it's worth it. We both really enjoyed it. Um, to those who didn't like it, fuck you. I don't know what to tell you. I liked it. I really don't know what else to tell you. It was good. I mean, I can't, with all the shit that's on TV and all the crap that's on there, I can't see how you could legitimately hate on this show. But, man, I guess if, you know, you're that, if, if you just really didn't dig it, I guess you just didn't dig it, man. Perception is reality. So you're right. But uh, I liked it, man. I liked it a lot. I don't know what to say, Adam. What do we say to the people who didn't like it, man? I don't know. I don't oh, know. they just have bad taste in television. That's all. <laughs> that's all it is. And then we just move on to the next Am I Crazy If. So... The last am I crazy if that I want to throw at you is, am I crazy if I miss the feeling of going into a music store and buying a CD when an album comes out? Oh, man, that's a good one. No, you're not crazy. I totally miss that. I, uh, man, I, I was really big into like punk and ska music as a teenager. And honestly, the way that I even first listened to ska as a genre 
was I, I had kind of heard that it was this shoot off of punk and I had just gotten into listening to punk music and I had been told that like it's punk, but it uses uh, like horn and brass instruments. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. So literally all I did is I walked into my local record store and I found this little tiny section that they had of ska CDs and I went through and I think they had maybe like five or 10 CDs of different artists. So my, it was very slim pickings, but <laughs> pick somebody I'd never heard of before. And it was the band Real Big Fish. And they're actually a really famous ska band, if you know anything about ska. And I just remember listening to it as a teenager and just like dancing around my house because it was so infectious to me. And there was such a cool feeling to like get that experience of this thing that I'd never heard before, but also had no idea what to expect. And then bringing it home and having this experience, I I can't get that anymore yeah. without a record store. You can't really get that that feel. There is always that awesome feeling of the first time I'm exposed to like a new musical artist that it really hits me, and that's always a really cool feeling. But yeah, man, I definitely miss that that old record store feel. Yeah, man, it's like you know, I'm sure it's the same way people who played records and stuff feel. You know what I mean? But. It's like, I used to like really look forward to that. You know, you get out of school, you're like, you know, you knew the day that the, the new albums were coming out and then you'd go there and you'd get what you want. You just listen to it on the way home nonstop. And I was like, man, I mean, I know the internet, you know, gives us everything. Like now it's like right there. It's always there. As soon as something comes out, it's boom, it's there. It comes out before it even comes out for real. Like you could just, everything's right at our fingertips and that's beautiful and amazing. But at the same time, it does take away some of that. I don't know if it's just a nostalgic thing for me. Or what? But I like I miss those days, man. I'm pushing the CDs around. Now when you see them in the store, you're like, why do they even sell CDs anymore? You're like, yeah, exactly. does anybody actually buy these CDs? <laughs> but it's like it's weird how much of a section there is for for CDs and stores. But um, like that feeling used to be amazing. And maybe those CDs are still there for people like me and you who were like had that feeling. But I'm not even buying them, so I don't know who's buying them. But I mean, shout out to whoever does buy those, I guess. But it was a special feeling, man. And now, you know, like you said, you still get that feeling when you hear a new artist or you're introduced to a new artist from however, the internet, YouTube, whatever. But, you know, there was a special feeling, man. And, and think about it. Like, kids today will never know that feeling. Like, they'll never yeah. know that feeling of going into the store. And, man, I sound like an old man now, right? But I know. You totally do. <laughs> it, was, it was a special feeling, man. I don't know. I just, sometimes I get nostalgic, man. And it's late, like you said. <laughs> oh, man. Well... We got to go to my non-favorite part of the show, which is the no halftime challenges, because I'm not doing great. I haven't done great ever except one week, and we still have to do this, though, man. We have to play this thing out. We have to see how we fare. Um, you know, again, we do this, you know, to open up eyes for certain players that are being discussed a lot, questioned, people don't know what to do with them. So we put them in this game. We have some fun. As always, if you're new to the show, no halftime is a daily fantasy sports app that sponsors the podcast. And it's player versus player challenges rather than, you know, entering contests with hundreds of thousands of people trying to win a million dollars. You could bet $5, $10, $20, $50, $100, whatever. But you just play one person and you just pick one player. Um, so me and Adam do this weekly where we pick five players, different positions, and go against each other head to head. Adam has had Lady Luck on his side the whole year. Has nothing to do with, oh, skill. no, nothing to do with skills here. And um, <laughs> all skills aside. And... Um, you know, we're just seeing how this thing plays out. So we're going to start with our quarterbacks today, man. Quarterbacks. Wait, well, first of all, yeah, let's start with quarterbacks. Let's let's keep it, you know, how we've always done it. I'm going to go with, I'll let you start. You you start with your quarterback. I'm trying, I'm trying to do something here to switch up my luck, man. <laughs> all right, man. So, yeah, uh, this week at quarterback, um, 
we're, we're kind of going with some middle-of-the-road guys, uh, some, some guys that I think most people are going to be looking to start if they have them on their fantasy teams. Uh, but for me, uh, I'm going with Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, he's been really, really hot as of late. Um, last week was kind of a down week for him, only throwing one touchdown against a tough Arizona defense. But prior to that, he had back-to-back three touchdown games, over 300 yards passing. He had a gigantic game against Dallas where he went for 440 and three touchdowns. So he's been really, really hot as of late. And uh, I think that this On the football field. A, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, you may think the other way too. Not you, but somebody may think the other way. But Adam oh, specifically yeah. talking about on somebody the football did. field. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, on, on the football. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, Philly's pass defense has been, you know, kind of middle of the road. They're, they're not, they're not a really tough pass defense. I think that uh, Washington's going to be in good shape to win. The only downside is uh, it, they are playing at Philly, so I'm not sure exactly what the weather's going to be like. But hopefully, as long as it's you know just cold, not actually snowing or, or rain or, or anything that would disrupt the uh, the field. I think that uh, that Cousins should be in good shape to have a big game. Now, the only real downside to you picking Cousins is I pick someone better. That's what that's what really is the difference. Oh, here. okay. Yeah, so you know, I had to pick a quarterback to beat Cousins. I went with Jameis Winston. Now, I think I've done this a lot this year. I think I've, you know, been a, been a fan of Jameis all year. I'm not sure because I haven't looked at individual, you know, where I lose and win at against you the most. But, you know, I feel good about with Jameis this week. He's playing New Orleans. Um, it's in Tampa. So he's at home. I just feel good about him. I know he's been a little down the last few weeks. He hasn't been, you know, totally hitting it out of the park. But I do feel good against him this week. I feel like any quarterback against New Orleans has a good shot at doing decent. So I like him. I think Mike Evans rebounds in this game with him. Um, I think he throws the ball to his running backs a little bit more with Rodgers and Martin. I feel like he gets guys involved, and I feel good about him. So I think I have good odds this week, man, with Jameis Winston. But I do like Kirk Cousins. I I, I like him. I, I, I'm i not going to lie, man. I like your pick. Um, but Winston against the poor Saints defense, I feel good about it. Um, who do you got at running back, man? Yeah, man. Uh, really quick, you've been talking that matchup all year. I have. Uh, like, looking forward towards the playoffs. So I was really happy to see you were going with Winston and, like, kind of sticking to your guns around that matchup. Being, oh, I stick uh, to my guns, good man. One. Oh, I stick to <laughs> All right, man. So at running back, uh, my, my guy already went tonight. Uh, I, I picked Spencer Ware, not Latavius Murray. Murray would have been a much better pick uh, and uh, a sneakier pick. But, uh, you know. These are these are the things that you have with hindsight. Uh, nonetheless, I, I went with Ware. Um, he got me like just over six fantasy points, so it didn't set super hard <laughs> high bar for you. But uh, we'll see if you can stave off whoever you went with. So, so who you got up against Ware this week? I got Jeremy Hill, man. Now, why do I have Jeremy Hill? Because Jeremy Hill is playing Cleveland, hopefully in some bad weather where they don't want to throw the ball a lot. And I mean, I don't think AJ Green's gonna play. I don't know if he will or not, but I, I just feel like he will be a focus of the of this game. Um, I mean, at this point, you said Ware has six points, so you know Hill just has to stumble into a touchdown, a couple yards, and I got you. So I feel good about that. I, I do feel good. That's this is the first time I say I feel good before we even my guy even plays. So I feel good that Hill can beat Ware. Um, because you just said where got you like six points, so it doesn't really matter. I think I think Hill can fall into a touchdown. What do you think, man? Are you a little nervous about that one now? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better be nervous. I, I mean, it's it's going to be really tough for uh for Hill not to even get a touchdown in that game. So, yeah. we'll uh we'll see how that one plays out. That's the out. first time I picked Hill all year, man. That's the first right. time. And I don't have him on any fancy teams either. It's weird. All right, man. So, uh who who'd you go with for wide receiver? For wide receiver, again, I stuck to a favorite of mine. I stuck to a guy who I've been faithful to all year long in fantasy, and that is Crowder. Crowder, man. I got Crowder. And and here's the thing. I know it's a PPR guy. It's not PPR, no halftime, but he's a strong PPR play. But my thing with Crowder is I feel like he's he's very rarely going to let me down completely. Like, I don't, I don't feel like he's going to give me three points or four points. Like, even last week, he played Arizona. I know a lot of people sat him because they still don't feel confident about him, but he even caught a touchdown in that game. So I feel like I don't want to say he's matchup proof. But I just feel like they do try to get the ball in his hands around the end zone a lot. So I feel good about, you know, the possibility of a touchdown. Uh, the, the non-PPR thing does hurt him a little bit, but I feel good about him. So Crowder's my guy. I've been sticking to him all year. We're getting to the playoff area where I want to, you know, like you said, stick to my gun. So I'm, I'm rehashing some of the guys that I've been, you know, loyal to the whole season. Man, all right. So to put up against Crowder this week, I think I'm going with uh, probably my my toughest pick as far as like hard hard matchup and uh, a guy that probably in most matchups if put up against Crowder I mean I'd be interested to see what you think but I think a lot of people in the fantasy community would probably take Crowder just in a a straight up you know um, even matchup but uh but I'm going with Rashard Matthews he has been super super hot over uh god really even like the last seven or eight weeks now um he he's been a touchdown magnet seven touchdowns in the last eight weeks and ultimately i think that you know when you're playing in these standard formats it's really really huge when you can score a touchdown i I mean it's extremely impactful so much more than ppr because you don't have those catches to kind of stabilize your scoring so with his you know ability to be this great presence in the red zone and a great great touchdown threat I'm hoping that he can catch one against Denver, and I think that if he does, that might be enough for me to get the get the win over Crowder here. Yeah, if you can get a touchdown against Denver, then you'll, you'll probably beat me because uh, I don't see it happening. But it, if he does, then you'll probably beat me because that means things are probably going his way and your way. Um, but I do like him. He's a sneaky guy, man. He's kind of like Crowder in a sense where people still don't give him the credit they deserve, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, no yeah, one's man. talking about Matthews, like, at all. Like, I think, like, if you're looking at next year's draft, like, he's a sneaky guy to get, you know, that people definitely are going to underestimate, I think. If, you, if you're not thinking about him, you know, I think he's a guy you're going to miss out on. Definitely. After we uh, after we wrap up no halftime, I've actually got a lineup question to run by you with okay. Matthews. So cool. we'll touch back on that. All right. all right. The next one we got here is tight end. I'm going with a guy who had a big week last week. He's back from injury. He was out almost all season with this injury. I'm going with Ladarius Green at tight end, man. Pittsburgh's tight end. You know, we've seen a guy flash throughout his career in San Diego. Never had, a, you know, the full opportunity. Never really put it all together. Um, the, the Pittsburgh is a team that throws the ball a ton. They need playmakers. They love throwing the ball. And sometimes they're behind, whatever the case may be. You know, he got the ball a ton last week and made things happen. So I feel good about him doing it again this week. So I wanted to go with a different tight end, mix it up a little bit. Somebody who wasn't playing the Raiders. And so I went with Ladarius Green. Man, yeah, Ladarius Green is a great, great pick this week. I think anybody who has him on their fantasy teams, he's really a must-start guy. 
Uh, I had kind of gone back and forth with two different guys for uh, for the tight end position to put up against Green. One of them actually uh, went tonight, had a big game. Uh, Tra- or, um, yeah, Travis Kelsey. But uh, but I went a different direction, and, and I went with Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz has really been coming on as of late. Um, the real big reason that, that I'm looking at him this week in particular is just last week he had 15 targets, which was huge. Uh, two weeks prior to that, he had 11 targets. So he's having these games where he's being targeted a ton. And the matchup he has this week is just fantastic. Washington has shown they're a bottom five defense against the tight end position this year. And I think that uh, ultimately that's going to be a game that just has a ton of passing. So I'm hoping that uh, that it's a big game back and forth and, and that ultimately it can be one that, uh, that Ertz is able to haul in a touchdown in. Yeah, see, we, we actually both have tight ends there who started off the year injured or hurt. You know, lots of people had, you know, potential, believed in them, believed that they, you know, had a lot of potential in the offenses that they were in and, and talent um, and are just starting to hit that point now. You know what I mean? So we both picked guys who were in that um, that just getting hot area. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. The last one we have here is the flex position, which we can pick any position we want. This week, I went with the running back. I went with your boy, who hasn't done much of anything, um, but I still I still have faith in him, man. I still believe what you said from way back, however many episodes ago. I'm going with Jerick McKinnon. I like his matchup, um, and I just feel like you know he's starting to put together. I don't know if he's feeling the pressure of them saying, hey, Adrian Peterson might come back if we get to the playoffs. I don't know if he's feeling some pressure from that. So I'm going with Jarek McKinnon. I feel like he's going to have a big game against a Jacksonville team that I'm just not a fan of at all. So, Yeah, man. Uh, Jarek McKinnon's an interesting one. He he had kind of his best week in PPR leagues that, uh, that he's had in a long time last week, catching five balls and scoring that receiving touchdown. Um, but ultimately, who I'm putting up against him this week is a guy who has really started to see some target volume in his offense uh, after a big injury, and that's Malcolm Mitchell. After uh, Gronk went down, he has really just started to pick up a bunch of targets in that offense, had 10 targets last week, caught 8 for 82, and uh, prior to that, caught two touchdowns in the game prior. So he has that touchdown threat, he has that high target volume, and I think that those are kind of the two big things I'm looking for in standard scoring leagues to, uh, to kind of give me the edge of the wide receiver position. For sure. So, uh, a lot of people believe in him right now, man. A lot of people, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's because everyone's always looking for that, you know, that player um, that, that they didn't plan on, you know, to, to, to help them in the playoffs or, or what the case may be, if he's just a hot name right now or what it is. But a lot of people like him right now. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last week was just a, a week where it was shown that, that Tom Brady has a lot of trust in him. You know, Brady doesn't target a guy 10 times without having trust in him. So it shows a lot. And, and for him to catch 80% of those is, is huge. So hopefully he's continuing to get a good amount of target volume in that offense. Um, I think Edelman's probably still going to be the number one target. But looking, you know, past this year, it's going to be really interesting to see how he develops for that, for that offense. Because he really can be that, you know, every down kind of... Uh, first first receiving option similar to how uh, how Edmund has been in that offense so yeah really interesting guy for uh for the playoffs here and then then definitely interesting going forward clock dodgers podcast man it's hard for guys like me and you to not look towards the future <laughs> we can't help ourselves people are like yeah man i'm trying to win this week and we're like man we can't help it we're always thinking <laughs> about next season 
or the All playoffs. Right, so, you got, what's your so, question you got for me, man? Yeah, yeah. So the question I got for you, uh, I'm interested to hear where you would go with this. So, so this is a playoff team that I have. And uh, I've got to start three of five wide receivers in standard scoring format. So I've already made my decision. Uh, I already know what I'm sticking to pending, you know, injuries and weather and all that fun stuff. But but I know where I'm leaning right now. But I'm really, really interested to hear where you're going because uh, I feel like any three of these five could start. And there's some interesting matchups thrown in here. So let me know what you think, man. So, all right. The, the five guys that I've got are uh, Allen Robinson going up against Minnesota. We've got uh, Brandon Cooks, who's going up against Tampa Bay. We've got Julian Edelman, who's going up against Baltimore. We've got Mr. Sammy Watkins going up against Pittsburgh. <laughs> and Richard Matthews going up against Denver. So Damn. with those five, I mean, you got a lot of tough matchups in there. Denver and Minnesota are the top two pass defenses in the league. Uh, you know, you've got an injury issue with Watkins and, and going up against a tough Pittsburgh defense. Uh, I mean, Cooks and Edelman have a little bit better matchups, but even Tampa Bay has been a pretty good defense against the pass this year. We have a game where Cooks went completely catchless. So there, they, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, that for me made this a really interesting decision this week, and uh, it's something that I might go back on. I might you know, need some extra input. So, so what do you think, man? All right. So this, this is like the, man, the, the, you, you really have the, uh, the, the group here of, of, of ridiculous matchups. Um, cause every, I was waiting for you to like to give me some easy matchups. I was gonna be like, all right, I'll lean that way. <laughs> you it never came though. Um, all right. All right. Let me think about this. I'm not playing Alan Robinson. So he's out of the equation. That's exactly where I went to. So, so Allen Robinson was out of my lineup. As okay. Well. Now I, I already heard you on no halftime, so I know you picked Matthews in your in your mind. Um, but I th- I'm trying to think here. I'm trying. To, I, I didn't write the names down. You said Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Richard Matthews, Brandon Cooks, and who was the other one? Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Okay. So, I, I think I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna go Julian Edelman. Man, the Brandon Cooks thing is kind of ugly too. Um, damn, dude. I'm How about a- this? I'll, I'll throw this in as well for you. So it's a I'm the eight seed in the matchup playing the number one seed. So I need high upside. Okay, so Sammy Watkins. So, yeah, <laughs> interesting that you say that. Sammy Watkins. Okay. As much as I've hated on him, I mean, he's in, and Brandon Cooks. Okay, so you're thinking Edelman, Cooks, Watkins. Yep, that's what I'm going with. Who did you? Who, who are you going with? So, uh, so it's funny that you said that after I made that comment because I actually went the opposite direction because of Watkins. So, my feeling is with Watkins still not being healthy, he still may be on a snap count. I don't know if he has the potential to have that huge game. So, I actually went with Matthews because I think a touchdown can give Matthews the huge game, uh, along with along with Cooks and Edelman. So. We'll see, man. I, I I'm glad that uh, that I could get your input on that. I'll be interested to see if this is kind of how I stick with it come uh, come Sunday morning. But that's that's the direction I'm leaning right now. Uh, now, now be honest. How hard was it for you not to pick Watkins? Oh my God, it was so hard. That's why I brought this <laughs> up to you because I I, I kind of thought that you would say Watkins as well. Um. So yeah, I mean it, it it's super tough, but. Richard Matthews has just shown to be such a huge touchdown threat in that offense and. 
you know, I uh, I think I might regret, you know, trying to play him against Denver, but needing that high upside, touchdowns make such a huge difference in standard scoring leagues. So I, I felt like I had to had to go for that uh, that touchdown. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand your logic. I guess my logic was Sammy Watkins is playing Pittsburgh, who I, obviously I, I don't fear their secondary. I do think Pittsburgh can put up a lot of points, or Buffalo will be in a position to have to throw a lot. However, they played Oakland last week, and they didn't. Watkins didn't really get going like that either, and they were, you know, started falling behind very early after. I mean, late in the game, and they still didn't um, make anything happen. But that's the Raiders, man, the best defense in the world. And I'm just joking. Um, you know, I just feel like there's a chance that you know Watkins can get some big bomb and, and make something happen. You know, what I mean, I just I just feel like that that the possibility is there. And Matthews worries me against Denver. Like, I just, I don't like wide receivers up against Denver's cornerbacks. I just, I don't know, man. And then you say you're playing the number one seed, and I'm like, all right, I need something big to happen here. I can't just play it safe. I have to go, you know, balls to the walls here. So, yeah, man. But I think, I feel like, you know, it's a, it's a tough situation regardless. Like you said, those five guys are all guys with talent, but, you know, tough matchups. So I feel like, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like when you pick Matthews, you're playing it safe? Or do you feel like you're taking the risk? No, I feel like I'm taking the risk okay. uh, because of the tough matchup. Ultimately, it's a touchdown thing for me. I really don't know if Watkins can score that touchdown. And like I said, and probably standard, the other big thing with Watkins. PPR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other big thing for me with Watkins is just I, I, I don't know if you know the injury is, is hurting him more than he's letting on. Uh, he only caught three of nine targets last week, so. Uh, I didn't have a chance to watch that game. I do know, uh, I heard on another podcast, actually. Yes, I listen to other podcasts. I'm cheating. <laughs> we but, all uh, do, man. I know. I heard on another podcast that uh, that he caught, like, 32 of, of his 35 yards. Uh, I think it was within the first quarter or the first possession, maybe even. So he was targeted a lot early. But then, uh, then after that, you know, he continued to be targeted but just wasn't doing much with it. So... If uh, if he is still struggling with injury, that would you know that would definitely correlate. So there's just there's too many red flags. I've been waiting on Sammy all year, so it's really really hard to bench him. But uh, but yeah, I feel like I feel like I have to. Yeah, it's weird of all people that I say Sammy Watkins too. I know. I've been on a crusade against him this whole season. So yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, like you said, man, crazier things have happened. All right, the last thing we want to do here. It's foul or no foul. I got some good ones here for you today, man. I'm really excited about these foul or no fouls. So uh, let's just jump straight into those, man. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. The first foul or no foul that I have for you. I've been kind of arguing with this with people, obviously, because I'm a Raider fan. That's just the way it comes with the territory. Foul or no foul. Khalil Mack is a better overall defensive player than Von Miller. Oof. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I'm gonna say no foul. Uh, I I think Khalil Mack is is a beast. I I don't know, man. It, it's so hard. They they both are such good players. I I uh, I, I'll admit, being a fantasy guy, I probably watch the offensive side of the ball a little bit more than the defensive. But uh, but the thing I think Mack does well, at least from what I saw tonight, is he really uh, is able to follow the run really well and able to stuff up holes really well. So uh, I'd probably have to sit down and, and watch a lot more tape and, and be focusing more on them as individuals to, yeah. uh, to make a good call. But uh, but yeah, I, uh, I was really impressed with what I saw tonight and, and from what I've seen over the course of the season with Mack in regards to stopping the run. 
That's what I wanted to hear, Adam. I did not pay Adam to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, we're probably splitting hairs with them. They're both amazing players, but uh, obviously I'm going to go Mac too. I just think, like you said, the running game where he contributes there. But they're both, man, they're both guys who disrupt the quarterback and disrupt the offense so much. So they're a lot of fun to watch. And, and, and I bring it up because, like you said, we are – People who are diehard fantasy players, we sit here and have episodes every week about fantasy. We discuss it, you know, till the end of the, the day that we can discuss as much as we can talk about it. But the defensive side, man, is fun to watch too, you know, and there's certain guys that are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of excitement behind them. And so um, I don't play in any individual defensive player leagues, though. It's not really my thing, um, but it's still fun to watch and uh, give those guys credit. You know what I mean? So just wanted to talk about it really quick. The next one I have, this is a personal one for me, man. Foul or no foul, I was right about Rawls all along. <laughs> oh, let's say no foul. Oh man, I'm I'm interested to see how Rawls does this week. Uh, you know, Green Bay is a kind of middle of the road matchup for him. I I think that uh, that ultimately after after what he was able to do against Carolina last week, though, man, it's uh it's looking like Rawls may be a guy to got to ride in the playoffs here, even though they've got touch matchups. So. Yeah, man, you uh, you had called it. You you thought that uh, that he was going to be fantasy viable, and uh, he has been for one game. So congratulations, <laughs> man! I'm riding off of one game, and I'm going to take it. Cause man, <laughs> listen, I said when Rawls got hurt and they signed Christian Michael and all this kind of stuff, everyone's like, forget Rawls, man, drop him. He's worthless. Even 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 before he got hurt, people weren't fans of Rawls. They were like, oh, they got Pro Size guy, they got Alex Collins, you know, this and that. And I'm like, dude, Rawls looked so good last year. And I know we had this discussion. I know we did, Adam. And I told you, he's mini beast mode. He's he 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 just looked too good last year to believe that he couldn't have anything to contribute this year. And so I'm glad that he came back with enough time this year to prove all the doubters wrong, man. And so it's not about me being right. It's about Rawls being mini beast mode. That's all it is. I just need him to get his proper name. You know what I mean? You know, and a little bit about CJ Procise getting injured. Yeah, <laughs> that plays into this a little bit. But it may just be, if Procise was healthy, it may be even better for Rawls. He may have even more energy, man. Get a little breather here and there. I mean, come on, man. That dude was running hard. He was running hard, man. So I'm excited about Rawls. I'm excited. I, I feel, you know, a little vindicated. One game. I'm Mr. Small Sample Size. So... That's what I'm going to say here, man. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to throw that out there. You're a Watkins guy. I was a Rawls guy. I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, the next one, foul or no foul, fish are the worst pets ever. <laughs> uh, I'll say no foul. That's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> that, I I don't know if I've ever had fish as a pet, so... Uh, I can't I can't say based on personal experience, but uh but yeah, they don't seem like much of a pet. Yeah. They, I don't even really know if they count like as as a pet. I was gonna say it's disrespectful you can't really to the interact word with them. Yeah. It's really I mean, they're kind of like Well, if they're not a pet, what are they? An accessory? I mean, they're like one step above a nice painting. <laughs> they're like a painting that moves. Yeah, exactly. If you've got one of those like 3D paintings that are digital and kind of like wave, that's pretty much a fish. Dude, I got this beta fish, man, for my son for his birthday. And it's like a pain in the ass, man. Like he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do tricks. 
He doesn't look at you. He doesn't talk to you. Well, he does kind of look at you. It's weird. He does look at you like he's trying to defend something, but he doesn't do anything. And then, like, I got to bring him back. You know, I got to clean this thing, and I got to keep everything fresh, and I got to keep giving him food. And I'm like, what do you do for me? You don't do anything, man. You don't wait at the door with your tail wagging. You don't look all cute and puppy eyes. I'm just like, this damn thing. And I feel like, I don't know, man. Just a bad investment. It's not worth it. It's okay. They don't live long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to admit or deny that the first beta fish died and I replaced him secretly. But oh, you're that kind of I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not admitting <laughs> or denying. I'm just saying things happen. And so, you know, they're fragile, man. They're just, ah, man, terrible pets. If you have kids and they say they want to fish, tell them no. Get them something else. Find something else. Anything. A rock. Whatever. Fish suck. The next fowler, no foul. Jamal Charles is the starting running back for the Chiefs next season. Oh, man. Um, God, Here I go, that, thinking about next season. I know. That's a good one, though. Um, I'm going to say no foul, but I will give the caveat that it's going to like start out that way. Like He'll start with the starter marquee. But it'll be it'll be a really really even split, I think. Until uh, I mean, ultimately, I think this is the decline of Charles and the you know the beginning of where. And uh, I think that with next season, they're just gonna have to really limit the snap count for Charles. And you know, as far as his career goes, Charles hasn't been a guy that's needed a lot. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Yeah. He doesn't need a lot of touches to be successful. So. I think that they're really going to play into that and, and just kind of limit his touches while still making sure that he has the ability to, you know, have a presence on the field for big plays. It's all about where, baby. It's all about where. People keep asking me, what, what, why does everyone get crazy about where? Why is everyone crazy about where? Why do people keep picking him? Why do keep starting him? I like where, man. I think, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, if Charles, Jamal Charles comes back, we all want to see it. Um, if he's back, it's only right that he's the starter. And um, I would love to see him stay healthy all next season and see how him and Ware do it. You know what I mean, I think it could be a Devonta Freeman Coleman type situation where they both could be successful. So, oh, it'd, definitely, it'd be yeah. Fun. I mean, Andy Reid offenses have always ran the ball well. Where though, I mean, why he's interesting is he's a dynamic runner between the tackles who also can you know do work in the passing game. And in fantasy now, that's ultimately what you really want to try and gravitate to is these guys who don't leave the field on, on passing downs. So, exactly. you know, with next year, it, it's going to be tougher because, you know, they're definitely going to split carries. But that's for as long as Charles is healthy. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, it's getting towards the end of Charles's career, and uh, he's had a lot of work done. So, uh, so we'll see if he can stay healthy. All right. And the last one I have for you, foul or no foul, Cowboy Cerrone versus Matt Brown at UFC 206 is going to be the fight of the night. Uh, now, the, the, uh, the real main event is not them, but I just think that's going to be a crazy no, no. fight. I mean, the card's kind of poor, but uh, but I'm going to say I'm going to say foul. Uh, I actually I don't think that's going to be the best fight of the night. I was uh, I was looking at it a little bit because uh, I'm thinking about playing some DraftKings uh, slate this uh this weekend for it but uh but ultimately i i uh i think that there's some some better matches that set up nicer for for big knockouts or, or for kind of big slugfest i mean cowboy and, and matt brown they're, they're gonna lay down i mean they're gonna they're gonna have a, a yeah, good it's gonna be fight so much but fun. uh 
But I honestly, I think Cowboy at this at this lower weight, he, I, I mean, I think that uh, not lower weight. I'm sorry, at, at this new weight class, though, I think that that he's just kind of in in better shape. So, uh, I don't know. I th- I think that uh, that I kind of give him a bit more of an edge in that fight than than maybe it uh, being something that's even and. and What's interesting about it is is they both have like opposite styles. You know what I mean, like Matt Brown mm-hmm. is very aggressive, like right out the gate. And it seems like Cowboy always takes like a you know a minute or two to get going. I don't know. Whenever I watch Cowboy, I feel like the fights I've seen him lose are when people like go just you know nuts on him right out the gate. You know what I mean, like I feel yeah, like no, I, I don't know if he gets point. overwhelmed or what it is, but like I just feel like those are the times that he seems to lose. Um, and Matt Brown's kind of one of those kind of guys. Do you, so? How about Holloway and Pettis? Who do you think's gonna win? That's I a crazy I good hope, fight. I, I mean, it, it's a good fight, but it's the stupidest fight. Like the intern, oh yeah, it's annoying. For like, it's so ridiculous. It's like we're gonna take the belt away from Connor, but it's not Jose Altos, and so we're gonna make a made-up fight to decide who gets it. Like it's so, it's so silly. What like, I don't understand just... is they're saying Aldo does have the belt, aren't they? Aren't they kind saying of, like Aldo has the belt, but this is an interim fight, and then they're gonna exactly. fight for the belt? I'm like, what are they? Exactly. What is going on here? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, there's some word that Aldo may never fight in the UFC again. So there's a lot of speculation out there. We'll we'll kind of see where it all ends up. But in my opinion, if it's for the interim title, it's for the title, and who knows? Maybe they'll fight again against Jose Aldo, but it might as well be defending the title. So. With that in mind, uh, you know, Pettis is a really exciting fighter. Max Holloway is a really exciting fighter. I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, as far as who I'd pick in the match, man, uh, I don't know. I really think it could go either way. Um, I, I probably like Pettis a little bit more. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's To me, it's just kind of a boring card. I'm not super You're just excited. waiting for Conor McGregor versus Mayweather. I, I know, I'm, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that, <laughs> that's what we all want to see is Conor <laughs> trying to figure out if he can box i seen dana white i was it i don't i think it was espn i don't know it wasn't espn i forget who it was but he was saying like oh it's never gonna happen like you know it's hard enough you know we we wanted mayweather and pacquiao to fight for so long look how long it took that to happen like we can't even get guys to fight connor in the ufc like they can't even get fights in their own sport like let alone make them fight each other like it's just never gonna happen but you know we can't ever help ourselves man we just can't help but think about it and talk about it and um, hey, Connor went and got that boxing. License. Yeah, I seen that. I was like, "What is that for?" E- even if he doesn't fight Mayweather, it sounds like he'd be open to fighting somebody else in boxing. You know what I mean, like a big name or whatever. Yeah, it's all a payday thing. I think I can't see him realistically trying to do anything in the boxing world. So for me, it's it's going to be Mayweather and nothing. He he might have just you know gotten that as a way to kind of you know say that drum up he's interest a, and stuff and yeah exactly he's legitimate and thinking about it and that sort of thing i don't know i mean especially with him losing the one belt he's going to be having a kid i it's going to be really interesting to see what the trajectory of the rest of connor's career is because a lot of people have pegged him as like one of the greats already and really that to me is just a promoting thing more than anything i mean don't get me wrong he's he's done what he needs to do to be fantastic and at the peak of his career and first ever to win and hold two belts in the ufc is phenomenal i mean he's such a star i mean he's such a an interesting guy to watch both inside and outside of the ring so he creates such a excitement around him but as far as like his legacy goes he's still got such a long way to go um that that i'll be interested to see if he can really get back in there and defend his title as much as he would need to to create that legacy 
or if he's just going to look for those giant paydays, in which case then, you know, a fight with Mayweather is the most exciting thing for him. Yeah. I mean, it'd be stupid. I think Mayweather would kill him. (laughs) But that being said, I mean, there's a ton of money that he can make from it. I mean, shit, I'd be shocked if uh, if it didn't outsell uh, Pacquiao and uh, and Mayweather. Really? That's, That's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, it's got that crossover appeal. It's got that, uh, you know, it's kind of a bit of a sideshow, but at the same time, like, you know if that happened, Connor would be talking so much shit. There'd be so <laughs> much press around it. It would just be, it would be such a media spectacle that uh, from a promoting standpoint, it's huge. But ultimately, like, other than a gigantic paycheck, there's not really much reason for Mayweather to take it. And I think for the trajectory of Connor's career, it's only a good decision if he's looking to get out quick. Yeah. I'd be more interested in, like you said, the fight that's in the media and on TV than the one that's in the ring. Like, just, oh, yeah. It'd be way more entertaining at this point. But, you know, it's just fun to talk about those things. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it ever really comes to fruition. If it does, I think it would have to happen soon. Like, you know, Mayweather's getting up there anyway in age. So I don't know how long he wants a box for. He's, you know, he's obviously done otherwise. So uh, we'll see what happens, man. But that's it for today's show, man. That's all I have. That's all I have. I don't know if you had anything up your sleeve that you've been kind of storing here, but, um, you know, obviously I had the things that I want to mention really quick. The Toys for Tots thing that we've been doing with the other uh, the other podcast, uh, we actually are, that's actually finished and we're actually going to go shopping for the toys this weekend. So we got, the last time I checked, it was like almost 900 bucks so far. Oh, awesome. So yeah, it went way over our goal, went, went way over everything. So uh, we're going to gun for like $1,000 next year is like the goal because we got so much this year that we didn't expect. But, um, you know, just a huge thank you to everybody who, who did donate, no matter what it was. Um, every little bit helps. Um, we're gonna, Like I said, we're going to do it this this Sunday, I believe it is. So we're going to try to do Periscope and all that kind of stuff so people can see it uh, and, you know, try to get some toys for some kids, man. That's awesome. So, again, thank you to everybody who took part in that. Same things as always. Follow me and Adam on Twitter. He's at the other FF guy. I'm at Clock Dodgers. Go to cloudouters.com, you know, for all the unique content that we got on there. Also, I like to, like I said, I'm starting this shout out thing, man. I got some shout outs again, my three shout outs of the week that I want to shout out there. We got at Paul Ryan 15. We had his question earlier on the show. Super cool dude on the uh, Fantasy Life app. He's always in the chat that we got on there, the Cloud Dodgers chat, and he's always supporting the the podcast and and everything. So, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to Shelly, who's also on the Fantasy Life app. Um, you know, Cloud Dodgers actually had there's there's chats on the app, and they were Cloud Dodgers was part of a league um, for like the most popular chats on there, and so she repped Cloud Dodgers for us in the league. She did make the playoffs, unfortunately, so I'm mad at her. No, I'm not mad, um, but you know, thank you to her for always supporting the podcast as well and being a part of the Cloud Dodger family. And the last one is at Hendog41 on Sleeperbot, um, who's always giving feedback on the show as soon as the episodes come out and what he thought of it, and you know, asking questions and just being interactive with us, you know, interacting and everything. So. Again, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you all three for being awesome clock dodgers. You know, that's obviously guys like Adam and and Josh and Eddie and all these guys. You guys are, of course, awesome. But I'm trying to shout out some other people who aren't getting heard. You know what I mean, Adam? Oh, for sure, man. And uh, just to, you know, touch on one last thing before we close out. Um, if anybody is struggling come Sunday morning with those last-minute lineup decisions, Neil and I will be on the, uh, the SleeperBot app. 
in the uh, podcast section, taking questions in the little chat room there. We did it last weekend, and it was it was awesome. The uh, the turnout and attention. Are we uh we gonna get John on for that one as well? Josh, yeah, Josh was in it last. Josh, yeah, Josh man. was. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <laughs> Josh was in there last week. He was answering a bunch of questions, but he was actually in the last two weeks. So he should hopefully, as long as uh you know schedule allows him to be there, um, he'll be there as well. So you know, thank you to you two. We, we get a lot of questions on there. So. Um, we try to answer as many as we can, as best we can. So definitely join us there. Like I said, the Fantasy Life, Fantasy Life app, I'm really heavy on there as well. Got a chat room on there and everything. You guys can join. It's always open. I'm going to ask questions there as well. Um, and, you know, like I said, on Twitter. We're all on Twitter. Hit us up anywhere you want. We're always willing to help people. So that's what we're here for. The fantasy season is coming to a close. You know what I mean? Playoffs are here. People are going to be winning money, losing money, egos, pride. Everything's going to be hurting or being really good. So um, we're here to help you guys out. This is the, the this is what we all play for. You know what I mean? This is what it, this is what it's all about. So um, good luck to everybody. If you're in the playoffs this week, I know some leagues actually aren't the playoffs this week. They start next week. So if that's the case, hey, whatever. You know, it's another week to just not feel too much stress unless you need to win. But um, good luck to everybody. If you, again, at the other FF guy at Clock Dodgers. Follow us, and we will see you guys next week. We're out, right, Adam? We're out. Peace. We're out. Later. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.